Picture this. You are seeing Tatiana, a 56-year-old woman, in your primary care clinic. She tells you, sometimes I feel like a horse is galloping around in my chest. Once I felt like I was going to pass out, but mostly I just get a little dizzy. I don't know what brings this on, but they're super annoying and actually kind of scary. She denies true syncope or chest pain, and her only medication is hydrochlorothiazide for hypertension. On exam, her blood pressure is 134 over 82 millimeters of mercury, and heart rate is 112 times per minute, and irregularly irregular. What test will you order to make a diagnosis? What treatment will you recommend based on the results? Welcome to Audiobricks. I'm Laurel Toft, bringing cardiology from our bricks to your ears. After completing this audiobrick, you will be able to 1. Define arrhythmias and list the main types. 2. Describe the clinical presentation of arrhythmias. 3. Classify arrhythmias by five primary mechanisms and provide examples of each. 4. Explain how we diagnose arrhythmias. And five, explain the general principles of arrhythmia management. Part one, what are arrhythmias? A disruption in the pattern of electrical signaling that occurs during the cardiac cycle may result in a heartbeat that is too fast, too slow, or irregular. These deviations from the normal sinus rhythm are termed arrhythmias. Recall that under normal circumstances, once generated from the sinoatrial or SA node, the electrical signal travels through the cardiac conduction system, resulting in the completion of a cardiac cycle. The repetition of that cycle in an orderly manner defines a normal sinus rhythm. We can categorize arrhythmias in several ways. Often, we start clinically by dividing them into tachyarrhythmias or bradyarrhythmias, based on whether the heart rate is fast or slow, respectively. This often determines the clinical presentation and provides a simple way to start on treatment decisions. We can also classify arrhythmias by their site of origin or abnormality throughout the conduction system. Now is a good time to review conduction system anatomy if you're a little rusty. Remember that normal sinus rhythm originates at the sinus node, but there are many places lower down in the conduction system that can serve as the pacemaker or the origin of the heart rhythm. In brief, the four categories of arrhythmias are supraventricular arrhythmias, which originate above, hence the term supra, the ventricles. This group of arrhythmias is collectively referred to as SVT, or supraventricular tachycardia. However, keep in mind that, quote, SVT is not a diagnosis itself, but rather a description of where the arrhythmia originates. There are many specific diagnoses that fall into this category. Second, junctional escape rhythm, which is a slow rhythm originating at the junction between the AV node and the bundle of His. Third, ventricular arrhythmia occurs when the ventricular cardiomyocytes generate action potentials themselves. This group includes ventricular fibrillation, VF, and ventricular tachycardia, VT. And finally, heart block corresponds to a failure at some point within the AV node, the bundle of His, or the bundle branches. All right, quiz time. What are the four main categories of arrhythmias based on conduction system location? The four main categories of arrhythmias are supraventricular, junctional, ventricular, and heart block. Part two, how do patients with arrhythmias present? 
arrhythmias present in a variety of ways. Patients can be asymptomatic or present with symptoms ranging from dizziness all the way to cardiac arrest. The clinical presentation mainly depends on two factors, whether the heart rate is too fast or too slow, and how fast or slow. Fast heart rates often lead to palpitations when a person is aware of the irregularity or rapidity of the heartbeat. Or sometimes fast heart rates can lead to symptoms of ischemic heart disease, like chest pain, nausea, and diaphoresis, since the rapid heartbeat places higher demand on the myocardium. In contrast, slow heart rates may cause dizziness or syncope, which is the sudden loss of consciousness, because the slow heart rate decreases cardiac output and reduces blood supply of oxygen to the brain. Both fast and slow rates can cause the symptoms of heart failure, for example, exertional dyspnea, fatigue, or edema. Tachyarrhythmias cause these symptoms through impaired diastolic filling, which limits the stroke volume and thereby the cardiac output. Bradyarrhythmias cause heart failure symptoms because the low heart rate decreases the cardiac output. And lastly, both tachy and bradyarrhythmias can sometimes cause cardiac arrest in extreme cases. Let's see if you got that. How do arrhythmias present clinically? Patients with arrhythmias can be asymptomatic or present with symptoms such as dizziness and syncope with bradyarrhythmias or palpitations and chest pain with tachyarrhythmias. Both types can present with dyspnea and rarely cardiac arrest. Part 3. What is the pathophysiology of arrhythmia? Arrhythmias arise from disruption of the cardiac conduction system, including the central nervous system that supplies the cardiac pacemaker with its regulation. Let's look at some of the underlying causes and how these can disrupt normal conduction. First up, cardiovascular diseases such as cardiomyopathy, ventricular hypertrophy, valvular disease, ischemic heart disease, hypertension, or even chest trauma can lead to arrhythmias. Basically, anything that diseases the heart can impact the electrical conduction system. Systemic diseases can also cause arrhythmia, for example, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, obstructive sleep apnea, diabetes, hyperthyroidism, and hypoxemia. Another common culprit is electrolyte disturbances, such as hyperkalemia, hypokalemia, hyper or hypocalcemia, and hypermagnesemia. And hypomagnesemia, finally. Try saying that 10 times fast. Medications can be another important cause to diagnose particularly digoxin, beta blockers, calcium channel blockers, lithium, opioids, anesthetics, and antidepressants. Illicit drugs such as cocaine or amphetamines can cause arrhythmias. And finally, procedures can lead to post-operative arrhythmia or prior heart surgery can disrupt the heart architecture. As you can see, there are many possible underlying causes of arrhythmia. Let's take a deeper dive by learning about the mechanisms that lead to arrhythmia. There are five primary underlying mechanisms at the cellular level which can cause arrhythmia. These are re-entry, enhanced automaticity, decreased automaticity, triggered activity, or conduction block. Now those are some fancy terms, so let's discuss each one in more detail. First, re-entry. Re-entry refers to continuous propagation of an electrical impulse traveling in a circuitous path. This results in reactivation of the original site that generated the impulse, thus continuing the cycle in a loop and causing tachycardia. Think of the electricity going around and around and around and around the circuit. This mechanism is common and can be seen in both supraventricular and ventricular tachycardias. 
Re-entry tachycardias can result from an obstacle around which the electrical impulse must travel. The obstacle could be anatomic, such as scar tissue following an ischemic infarction, or functional, such as electrolyte abnormalities, which change conduction velocities. Or re-entry can occur as a reflection of the action potential back and forth along the cardiac conduction system. Okay, time for a clinical correlation. AV node re-entrant tachycardia, or AVNRT, is the classic example of a re-entry tachycardia. In this situation, the AV node itself has two pathways, a slow and a fast pathway. The electrical impulse travels down the fast pathway, then backwards up the slow pathway, which was not depolarized initially. And then it reaches the fast pathway just in time to depolarize it again, setting up a loop going around and around and around the AV node. The next mechanism to explore is increased automaticity. This refers to an increased rate of generating action potentials by either normal pacemaker tissue or abnormal tissue within the myocardium. Enhanced automaticity results from sympathetic activity through catecholamines acting on pacemaker cells and leads to a rapid heart rate. An example of this is junctional tachycardia, in which the firing rate of the AV pacemaker is faster than that of the normal rate of the SA node, so the AV node becomes the rapid default pacemaker. Increased automaticity can also be seen in ventricular tachycardia and VF, ventricular fibrillation. A third mechanism is triggered activity. Here, a normal action potential induces a second spontaneous abnormal action potential immediately after it. This abnormal action potential is referred to as after depolarization, and it may interrupt phase 2, 3, or 4 of the action potential. These after depolarizations cause extra beats, which can set up re-entry circuits and persistent arrhythmias. This is one mechanism of ventricular tachycardia. This is also the mechanism of both premature ventricular contractions called PVCs and premature atrial contractions called PACs. Both are due to triggered activity, but the PVC originates in the Purkinje fibers within the ventricle, and the PAC originates somewhere in the atria. Now, the opposite of this is a mechanism called decreased automaticity. This refers to a decreased rate of action potential generation by the SA node, resulting in a slow heart rate. The most obvious example is sinus bradycardia, in which the SA node continues to set the pace of the heart, but that pace is less than 60 times per minute. Causes can be physiologic, like during sleep or in athletes, medication-induced, such as beta blockers and calcium channel blockers, or pathologic due to ischemic heart disease, cardiomyopathy, or hypothyroidism. And finally, the last mechanism is conduction block. Conduction block occurs when the normal cardiac conduction system is disrupted and the electrical signal is slowed or blocked. This can occur at essentially any point of the cardiac conduction pathway, resulting in a wide variety of arrhythmias. The conduction block can be incomplete, causing slow transmission of the impulse, like a yellow traffic light, or complete, causing no transmission of the impulse, like a red traffic light. A common example is complete heart block, also referred to as third-degree AV block. In this case, none of the electric impulses generated at the sinus node are transmitted to the ventricles. Another pacemaker somewhere in the ventricle hopefully beats in an escape rhythm that is unrelated to the sinus node discharge. You can organize individual arrhythmias into one of these five categories. As you learn about arrhythmias, see if you can categorize them by the underlying mechanism. All right, time to check your knowledge. 
what are the five primary cellular mechanisms of arrhythmias? The primary mechanisms of arrhythmias are re-entry, enhanced automaticity, decreased automaticity, triggered activity, and conduction block. Part 4. How do we diagnose arrhythmias? The key diagnostic tool to identify an arrhythmia is the electrocardiogram, or the ECG. A static ECG records 10 seconds of electrical activity. There is also ambulatory ECG monitoring that records electrical activity over days to even weeks, which is very useful for arrhythmias that occur infrequently. Full details of ECG interpretation are discussed in other specific bricks for each type of arrhythmia, but let's discuss some general features of the ECG in different types of arrhythmias. There's one quick schematic to help you determine the type of arrhythmia, and you can do it by asking these questions. First, fast or slow? Second, is the QRS complex narrow, normal, or wide? And finally, are the QRS complexes at regular or irregular intervals? Supraventricular arrhythmias are less serious than ventricular arrhythmias because the ventricular electrical and therefore mechanical activity is preserved, and thus blood is pumped normally throughout the circulation. This category includes atrial flutter, multifocal atrial tachycardia, AVNRT, and AFib, or atrial fibrillation. A general characteristic of SVTs is that they have a rapid rate and generally have normal narrow QRS intervals. So this group is generally fast, narrow, and can be irregular or irregular depending. Next up is junctional escape rhythm. Here the heart rate is low at 40 to 60 beats per minute. The P waves are typically absent while the QRS complexes are narrow. So according to our schematic, this is a slow, narrow, regular rhythm. Ventricular arrhythmias include VT and VF. Both can present as cardiac arrest and are the two arrhythmias that can be pulseless in which cardiac contraction is so disordered that no pulse is generated from ventricular contraction. These are both fast and wide on ECG. In VT, the QRS complexes are at regular intervals, whereas VF shows irregular and disorganized complexes. And finally, the mechanism of heart block is the same as conduction block and indicates a delay in conduction at any point in the pathway. The three main types are SA block, which occurs between the sinus node and the atrium, AV block, which occurs between the atria and the ventricles, and infrahissian block, which occurs below the bundle of hiss. These are generally slow, they can be wide or narrow QRS complexes depending on the location of the block, and they can be regular or irregular. Now, once you've diagnosed the arrhythmia, it's important to investigate the etiology while first ensuring the patient is adequately resuscitated if needed, of course. Testing might include electrophysiologic tests such as ambulatory ECG monitoring that capture arrhythmias over several hours to days in symptomatic patients with a normal resting ECG. Echocardiography, which can identify structural abnormalities that may be causing the arrhythmia like a cardiomyopathy or valvular disease. Coronary angiography is used if ischemic coronary artery disease is suspected based on the presence of chest pain, a past myocardial infarction, or VF and VT, which can often be due to ischemia. And serum studies can sometimes help identify causes such as thyroid dysfunction or electrolyte abnormalities. Time for a quiz. Why would a patient who is suspected to have an arrhythmia with a normal baseline ECG be placed on ambulatory ECG monitoring?
Ambulatory ECG monitoring captures arrhythmias that occur infrequently and are therefore not captured on a 10-second ECG. Part 5. How do we manage arrhythmias? Arrhythmias can be a medical emergency, so a logical approach is paramount. Study Advanced Cardiopulmonary Life Support, ACLS, to learn how to recognize and resuscitate common arrhythmias. But in general, first, you should ensure the patient's hemodynamic stability. In serious cases, this might include chest compressions or defibrillation if the patient is pulseless and depending on the rhythm. You should assess if there is a quickly correctable underlying cause such as hemorrhage or trauma. Once you've done that initial resuscitation, if the patient is stable but remains in the arrhythmia, the next step is deciding on how to specifically address the rhythm problem with rate control or with rhythm control. First, let's discuss rate control. For tachyarrhythmias, using a medication to slow down the heart rate may alleviate symptoms such as dizziness or chest pain and reduces cardiac work. Rate control for symptomatic bradyarrhythmias will require speeding up the heart, which is accomplished with a temporary or permanent pacemaker if no reversible cause is identified. Next, rhythm control, also known as cardioversion, attempts to convert the rhythm to normal sinus rhythm. Not all patients require cardioversion, but some indications include hemodynamic instability, such as a dropping blood pressure or changes in consciousness that are attributable to the arrhythmia, or persistent symptomatic arrhythmia. Cardioversion can be done chemically using medications or electrically using the defibrillator. Electrical cardioversion can either be synchronized through delivering a low-energy shockwave synchronized with the patient's ECG, or unsynchronized in which a high electric shock is delivered in cardiac arrest due to ventricular fibrillation. Chronic management of arrhythmia can range from the simple to very complex strategies. If there is an underlying cause that is reversible, then treatment is the first line. However, there are many cases of arrhythmia without a reversible cause. In this case, antiarrhythmic medications can be used. There are also devices used to treat arrhythmias, pacemakers for symptomatic bradyarrhythmias, or implantable cardiac defibrillators, ICDs, which serve as a safety net to terminate or defibrillate dangerous VF or VT in patients who are at high risk. Finally, in some cases, procedures may be indicated to treat the underlying etiology. Catheter ablation consists of invasively freezing or burning the abnormal tissue causing the arrhythmia. Another intervention known as the maze procedure is used for patients with atrial fibrillation who are undergoing cardiac surgery for another reason. The maze procedure consists of creating a pattern of scars in the myocardial tissue in order to interrupt the arrhythmia. And that's it for arrhythmias. Let's check your knowledge and see what we've learned today. First, can you define arrhythmia and list the five types based on anatomical location of origin? Arrhythmias are a result of abnormal electrical conduction in the heart. The five types include supraventricular, junctional, ventricular, and heart block. And how do arrhythmias present clinically? Clinical symptoms include dyspnea, heart palpitations, dizziness, syncope, or even cardiac arrest. The clinical presentation mainly depends on whether the heart rate is too fast or too slow, and how fast or how slow. Now, can you name the five cellular mechanisms that cause arrhythmia? The five mechanisms are re-entry, enhanced automaticity, decreased automaticity, 
triggered activity, and conduction block. Can you define re-entry and give an example of such an arrhythmia? Re-entry is due to continuous propagation of an electrical impulse traveling in a circular path, which results in reactivation in a loop-like fashion. A classic example is AVNRT, AV nodal re-entry tachycardia. Next, what is enhanced automaticity, and can you list an example arrhythmia? Enhanced automaticity is an increased rate of generating action potentials by normal pacemaker tissue or abnormal tissue. Junctional tachycardia is one example. Describe triggered activity and give an example. With triggered activity, after depolarizations cause extra beats, leading to re-entry circuits and persistent arrhythmia. PVCs and PACs are caused by this mechanism. What is the key test for diagnosing arrhythmia? The ECG is the key test, although ambulatory ECG monitoring may be required. What is a general approach to categorizing arrhythmia based on the ECG? You can ask the following questions to help diagnose the arrhythmia on the ECG. Fast or slow? Is the QRS wide or narrow? And are the QRS complexes at regular or irregular intervals? And finally, what are three goals of acute arrhythmia management? Acute arrhythmia management includes hemodynamic stabilization, correction of underlying causes, and either rate or rhythm control. And we're done. Armed with your newfound knowledge, let's think back to your patient from the beginning of this episode. Tatiana, who was complaining of palpitations. What test do you recommend to make a diagnosis? You order an ECG in the office, which shows a fast, narrow, irregular rhythm. You recognize the pattern immediately as atrial fibrillation. You explain to Tatiana, who is thankfully hemodynamically stable and talking to you, that patients with atrial fibrillation do best with a rhythm control strategy to restore sinus rhythm. Unfortunately, AFib, as it's called, carries a stroke risk, so anticoagulants are required to prevent stroke. You start her on a beta blocker to keep the heart rate under 100 per minute, prescribe an anticoagulant, and schedule her for an elective cardioversion in four weeks' time to restore sinus rhythm. And that's our show. If you like this episode, send us a comment or give us a thumbs up. Until next time.